welcome to S3, the science, sex and sorcery podcast where we bring you news, reviews, recommendations and deeper discussion from the worlds of science fiction, romance and fantasy. I'm Belinda Biston, a romance writer published by HarperCollins UK. And I'm Terence McManus and I'm an indie SFF writer. This podcast exists because Terence and I realised that if we were going to waste the hours we should have been writing by talking over the internet about everything we've read lately, we may as well put that discussion to good use. And coming from varying writing backgrounds, one from podcasting and self-publishing, and the other moving from self-publishing to traditional, this allows us to bring unique perspectives and experience to each book that we choose. And this month, or we should probably say a few months back, we chose The Gilded Ones by Namina Fauna. It's uh, been a little while between podcast recording sessions though hasn't it Belinda we've sort of yeah a little bit of COVID fatigue hanging around yeah yeah but uh we're in the we're in the chairs tonight we've certainly I think going to have a lot to say about this book it's um, I think so yeah yeah it's an interesting one for uh, for the both of us uh for those of you who haven't heard of the Gilded Ones by Namina Fauna here is uh is the blurb that goes with that Dacre lives in fear of the blood ceremony that will determine whether she can become a member of her village. If she bleeds red, she will belong. But on the day of the ceremony, her blood runs gold, the colour of impurity, of a demon. The consequences force Dacre to leave her village with a mysterious woman, destined to join an army of girls like her, the Alaki, Girls who are near immortals with rare gifts and the only ones available to stop the Empire's greatest threat. But as she journeys to the capital to train for the battle of her life, Dacre discovers the Great Walled City holds many surprises. Nothing and no one are quite what they seem, not even Dacre herself. Belinda, what were your first thoughts on this? You know, from the blurb, it sounds like a very sort of, I guess, a traditional kind of fantasy setup. Uh, what were your feelings when you read through it? Yeah, it does. It does feel like that. And I've sort of read it described as a cross between Children of Blood and Bone, which I've not read, and Black Panther, which I've seen about 100 times. So I was pretty interested in the Black Panther crossover. But um I think my first thought on this was the religion really stuck out in my mind and that plays into um, the role of women in society or in in this book in particular. And sort of as I went through the first few pages, it was very much Handmaid's Tale. The women are there to please the men, to do everything for the men, to do as they're told, to be quiet, just to be seen and not heard. So. It was about that time that I realised that we were probably going to have a solid allegory about religion, control, and patriarchy. Yeah, I think that's a. I had a similar experience reading through that first part of it, definitely. And you're like the Handmaid's Tale comparisons are really good one. Uh, I think you're right. It's it's that very very control. Everything is controlled in the society for women. Um, yeah, it was really interesting to see. Even it was so interesting for me at the start just to see as well how much Dacre, our protagonist, really was buying into this system as well. Uh, at the Not start, much. she she really wanted it. She really wanted this, you know, to prove that she was pure 
and to prove that her dad was, you know, all the years her dad had suffered the askance looks of the village because he brought, you know, in this outsider to marry and have have her, you know, who's much darker skinned than everybody else and yeah, so already looks like, you know, she's doesn't belong in this community. Uh, you know, she really, really just wanted to fit into this mold. Uh this yeah, the, and I the think, controlled everything. It was fascinating. Yeah, and as I read, I'm not sure if you picked up on this, but while I was reading, I got the impression that she did want it, as you said. She wanted it, but she realized how ridiculous the system was at the same time. So you know, she hated that she had to do everything for everyone and this and that and blah, blah, blah. That was my feeling, my take on it. But she also understood that at this blooding ceremony, she had to get it right. Otherwise, life was just going to be a mess. Yeah. And I think it's, I'm sure we're going to return to this over and over in part of the review, but I thought it was really telling as well that the one thing that she was really hung up about at the start with this was something that she couldn't control either. It's like it's yeah. It, it's not a choice what color her blood was going to run when she got cut at the ceremony. Uh, it was yeah. something that she could not alter. It was just something about herself that was either going to be there or not. Um, yeah. I think that was a, a really clever framing for what goes on to be the theme of the things, rest of the book. Yeah, things that you just cannot control about yourself, but you still get hung up on, such as you know skin color, blood color. Yeah, gender. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that paid. I thought uh, a big yeah. role uh, in this book as well. And it's interesting, interesting that you used uh, the word allegory uh, as well when you were think talking about sort of how the religion was being set up uh, and all that too. Because I thought, I think my big takeaway from the book as well was that it has a really interesting relationship with allegory. Uh, fantasy yeah. as a genre has a really good solid history and it has a sort of a unique ability to use you know allegory and metaphor to sort of model and explore social racial sexual elements from the real world yeah. in this you know in a fantasy setting sort of in a it sort of almost kind of masks what it's doing it sort of slips things by the senses uh, in a way you know yes. like when yeah. this isn't uh, this isn't a thing about like racism no this is a, about you know to take a good Star Trek example, you know, uh, these guys, these aliens are striped black and white and the other aliens are striped white and black. And, you know, the the viewer in that case or the reader in other cases can see the absurdity in it and then can sort of go back and go out and walk it down the street and see the absurdity of people having the same rela- relation to, you know, skin colour in the real world that these aliens mm-hmm. were having. And it sort of slips yeah. by, it sort of worms its way in, in, in a way. But I felt like while it takes the best parts of the fantasy setting to explore things through allegory, this book also really doesn't hide what its message is at all. It, it doesn't use allegory to sort of dress up that message. It's really, really in your face about it that this is a, this is a very feminist book and it's not going to be mistaken for anything else when you read it it's it was just a very really good very out there story yeah yeah i think it's it's interesting how those themes played out into the narrative and the way that the narrative developed without you know, without that sort of that veneer of uh of trying yeah. to hide it 
because this is you know also a book that's aimed at a young adult reading audience but it doesn't pull any punches really in terms of how the women are treated in this society it's quite mature isn't it sort of when i used to read books at you know 13 14 years old i think they were a little bit padded against the real world where as you said this one is just it's very out there and this is what's going on which i suspect is a throwback to the author's personal history being being born and raised in west africa she would have gone through perhaps i don't want to assume um but there would have been quite a lot of different societal measures of life for her as opposed to sort of me growing up in a very cotton wool life is good house yeah and i felt like i had a you know even as i've said elsewhere you know i'm a i'm a mid 30s cis white male but i still felt uh like i could still see the relatability of sort of mm. Dacre's situation for for women even in you know western australian society like that whole idea yeah. of having to put up a front having to fit into certain roles and expectations and just what happens yeah, what happens to you when you don't or if you you know if you speak up like not we're not spoiling the book at all this happens within the first couple of chapters and it's pretty obvious from the um from the blurb but you know she very quickly at the start of the book uh it's revealed that you know she's not pure in the sense of this the way that this patriarchal religion looks at things um but and you know her the thing that gave her away was speaking up uh in a sense you know there's there's this death shriek attack on her village there's these horrifying monsters that can kill you by screaming at you and uh, you know claws that will just rip people to shreds and um and she you know in a fit of desperation she just shouts at them to to leave them alone and off they listen to her and, and off, off they go, go. and yeah. so it's i thought it was really interesting like you know this woman she like she speaks up for in defense of herself and the people that she loves. And then the very next scenes are her own father like beheading her in sort of this honor killing because Yeah, that was intense. Uh, because wasn't of it? that. It was like, Joel, this is the book we're in we're in for. Okay. <laughs> this is the ride. Oh blimey. We're and not yeah, up. pulling those punches. Yeah. It wasn't just you know, we didn't just kill her once, we killed her quite a few times and she just did not die. So Yeah and I thought it was, and it was interesting to look at how that affected her and the other women as well through the rest of the thing. Cause we had other people with those similar experiences all coming together and sort of reinforcing each other. I suppose it's interesting sort of in terms of, I say each death when they talk about the struggles that people go through in life and, you know, they're called little deaths and, you know, each time we die a little bit inside, but it changes us as people. So you know, as you said, by the time she got to the end of that, she was a very different girl to when her blood first ran. Yeah, that's an awesome way of looking at it. I hadn't even considered that angle myself, but you're absolutely right. It's uh, using, I guess, using the power of that uh, that allegory uh, of fantasy to again, yeah, to re reflect yeah. and explore. 
What did you think about the narrative direction overall? I said, we've sort of talked a bit about the theme of it there and, you know, this, that it's got this, this powerful feminist message underpinning the entire book. Um, how did you feel that impacted the narrative? Did it, do you think it was better for it, for the strong and very naked theme? Or do you think that it might have suffered a bit by trying to proselytize rather than tell a, a story? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I didn't so much have a problem with the, the theme of the book. Well, I didn't have a problem with the theme of the book at all. Um, I didn't think it was too in your face either because we don't have a lot of books that are, again, that's probably wrong. I haven't read a lot of books that are very in your face feminist. A lot of romance is feminist by nature. But I suppose specifically in science fiction fantasy, again, because I don't read a lot of it. So it was nice just to see a story from that angle. It was girls saving girls, um, not women falling through rocks and getting carried off into the distance by weird strangers that they apparently love. Yeah, fair enough. I um, I, I found that it was really interesting too because the narrative here, uh, which I did really enjoy, it's it's yeah. it's more of a narrative of what I've read in other fantasy that has, you know, female protagonists and feminist themes laced through it. Uh, it still mm-hmm. usually seems like the narrative doesn't follow this sort of power fantasy structure. It you know. Like, uh, like your sort of your Captain Marvel kind of storytelling, where where Captain Marvel won't fight the man at the end because she feels like she doesn't need to prove anything to him. Uh, I feel like if yes. Dacre was in that situation, Dacre would have just like sort of cracked her knuckles and gone, "Great, I get to punch something really hard," sure, uh, which totally is would've. usually <laughs> what you sort of see reserved, I guess, in in the sort of the big air quotes, the boy fantasy, you know, this the power trip kind of thing. So it was. For me, yeah. it was it was interesting and different to see the that same storytelling, but with feminist ideals behind it. Yeah, and it doesn't sort of swing around like you said in the end. To okay, so she's learned her lesson and she's done all these wonderful feminist things, but let's not beat up the boys anyway. It it let her go the full distance into what that story needed, or what the character needed. Yeah, I'd mm-hmm. like to get back to that idea of. of how the narrative went the full distance uh, in a minute too, because that was on, if I'm being honest, that was one of the things I really did struggle with the book was the way that it ended. Um, But before we get there, um, I'd like you to get your opinion too on what you thought about the different characters and sort of the narrative twists that were in it behind them. Because there's a bit of, there's a bit of politicking here as well, isn't there? There's a bit of uh, you're not too sure where your enemies are and what people's motives are and who's using there you There is for a what. bit of politics, isn't there? Again, it's really interesting because it felt like, again, if we can sort of view it in terms of, uh, say, teenage girls reading it, it's very teenage girly in, you know, someone's your friend one week but not the next, but you really like this person. And it's all a mad scramble to see who comes out at the top of the heap. Yeah, it did. It was. It had a sort of a almost a schoolyard setting too in the yes, training camp. That's a better. That's a better term for it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find that was uh, so, did you, engaging? Did you Did you enjoy those other characters? Or because there and there was even the romance subplot that was going on too. 
Didn't like the romance subplot. Could have done without that. I just I didn't feel it was necessary to her growth as a character. It's nice to have that sort of stuff in there and go, oh, that's very cute and it's a nice break from all that sort of stuff. But, again, I don't know that it helped. What do you think? Um, I'm honestly a little surprised that she didn't end up with one of the women. You know, Actually, that's not a really good of, point. Not sort of trying to to push anything on the book and and on its characters that they're that they're not there to represent. But uh, uh, and there were, you know, there were uh, there was a gay relationship in the book, just sort of not very present, not very discussed. Just that two of the yeah, two of the women yeah. were sharing beds uh, overnight. But it was uh, it was interesting. Yeah. I sort of. I I do see where they were going with the with the romance plot, but in a book mm-hmm. that sort of it sort of seems to be subverting a lot of the familiar fantasy power fantasy tropes as it goes. Yes, it seemed yeah. a little. It did seem a little off kilter that that wasn't one of the tropes that they also. I'm trying subverted. to think of the right word. It's a little not jarring. Oh, maybe that's the right word. I don't know. Um. It's a bit fizzy. Like it's not. We've kind of put it in there because it has to. Like we need that little bit of romance to get readers in. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like it it entire, felt very expected. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like at some point, there's going to be a love triangle. Edward's going to come out and he's going to glitter, and the other bloke's going to turn into a dog. And I'm really, really glad that we avoided the triangle in this one. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, I think that. That would have that would have got certainly got a uh, got a couple of ticks down on the uh, on the respect scale yeah, uh, probably yeah. if it did. So I had but, a big question about this. How old do you think Decker was? Did it mention was she fourteen or sixteen? Yeah, I don't know. I I can't remember offhand, but I think that feels about right. It's sort of that because okay. the next state the next step after the purity ceremony was betrothal and marriage and all that. So. That sounds okay. r- approximately right. Sixteen-ish, yeah. So has she not bled in her entire life before this? She's not cut herself. She's not scratched herself. She's not had so, a period. Well, I was just going to say, for a very feminist book, what kind of bleed are we talking here? No, it's they <laughs> did go to a lot of <laughs> they did go to a lot of pain at the start of the book, I guess, to explain about how girls weren't allowed to have knives and things when they were that. But and it was, I guess. It was interesting too to see just that the ulterior it might not have been an ulterior motive behind it, but it certainly had an ulterior result. Uh, you know, this oh, for religious purposes, you're not allowed to have a knife. We we can't have you accidentally yeah. cutting yourself, let alone anybody but else that why, you might be really angry why are they at. Going because to, you're locked why in are the they kitchen. going to betroth her if she's not of childbearing age? Yeah, it's a good question that that uh, it. I don't know if it came up at all in the book anywhere, did it? Um, I don't think it did, the, uh, no, because I capital, sat there reading the it going. P word. I've been through a lot of life by the time I was 16. <laughs> I would have known if I was a golden child or not by then. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not all the blood is golden. I'm not sure. Who yeah, knows? Well, you never know. Yeah, it's like one of those baby bottles that the milk disappears from. Yes. Toy <laughs> bottles. You've got separate <laughs> compartments. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is interesting when you point it out. Um, it, I didn't notice that it was absent from the work because it's, frankly, it's never present in the work. Nobody it's nobody in present, fantasy no. ever gets a period. So um, something I guess 
just completely slipped by uh by the mail reader uh, uh of the podcast here but yeah that's a very good point like i yeah. do wonder now Slimes how old she was shit i've got to get my pads out yeah <laughs> We just gotta we just gotta nip to the store before we get to the uh to the big battle at the end. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, look that was sort of like I was enjoying the book, but then I got to that point where I'm like, has she not got a period? Like everything was surrounded by everything was centered on the colour that she was going to bleed. Yeah. And you're right, like it's actually now that I think about it, there I think there is there is one period, at least, in the book, because I think Daker's mum, that was how the, she discovered that she was an Alaki or an Alakai, or how, uh, you know, that she had golden blood. That was, she came running to, to White Hands at the, uh, at the training camp because that's how that she discovered it. She'd woken up in the morning and, and that was, uh, everything was gold. Okay. So I guess there was that, but yeah, it is very, Interesting that that wasn't centered around the main character either, and it's, not something. It really still unravels out. the idea that she's pure or not pure, and then going to get married off because you're not going to marry off a woman who's not childbearing as yet. Mm, you'd hope, anyway. But well, then we had. I think the book has a twelve-year-old being shared around in a in a in a brothel uh, as well. So it's yeah, that's true. There's some dodgy stuff going on in the society already when it comes to young girls. So. It was quite hope. some heavy stuff to put into a into a young adult read. I don't know. Like, it's been a long time since I sat down. Like, I come from the era of R.L. Stein books and, you know, the horror in them wasn't much better than Scream. <laughs> I'm pretty so, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure you're talking to someone who did actually have nightmares after reading R.L. Stein books. <laughs> oh, <did you? laughs> Overactive oh, imaginations and lonely childhood. Which is a little interesting too, because of the, I guess, with such a heavy eye at religion as well. Uh, religion, That's really purity, I didn't think and about it female sexuality has that. been a very big, very intertwined yeah. thing as well. So it is mm-hmm. interesting to see that that maybe didn't get the exploration it could have. Could um, have, yeah. And I wonder too if we're, maybe we're putting too much on on the book, I guess, to do all at once, but. Again, especially there will considering be a book, so you never know. Well, yeah, and a, and a, I think it's a trilogy planned for it too. Yeah. But um, like your, how you said with, as the book goes on, you got to a point where suddenly this stood out to you. As the book went on, it got to a point where it seemed to me too like everything had wrapped up uh, as well. And when we're talking about extra books in the series, I don't know about you. I'm not too sure where it has to go. Where the story yeah, I don't has think to, it's got to go a lot, in a, a lot in of places book. to go, and I think I said to you at the time that it could have um, done with about a hundred less pages in it. It just felt at some point that it just, oh, okay, this feels like a conclusion, and then something else was tacked on the end. Then we had something else that felt like a conclusion, and then there was something else, and it just sort of kept going. And I got to the point where I was just tuning out because I. I bought a copy for my Kindle and then I sourced a oh, this sounds awful, I shouldn't say it. I sourced a PDF so I could run it through an audio program because audiobooks help me um to read. Hashtag ADHD. And I just got to the point where I was tuning out, which is something I don't regularly do with audiobooks. 
It was just very much a let's crank the speed up to five and see how quickly we can get through the end. Yes. Yeah, I also got that feeling as well. It was, it, it did go on a little bit too long, I think, as well. Uh, the the scene where Dacre is recovering, uh, she's you know floating in a pool and she's being cared for, and a, a character who has been sort of on the fence with her, like is she an is she a ally or is she an enemy sort of the whole way through Mm -hmm. like you know am i being am i being manipulated or is she helping me that sort of that sort of juggle had been going through the entire book and that character sits down right next to where she's convalescing in a pool and says okay and basically says all right look you're going to be here for like a week or two um let's i may as well just lay everything out let's let's clear absolutely everything up any question that you have you ask me and i'll answer it and I and yeah. I was when I read that I thought, you know, because I had this on my phone as well through the Kindle app, and you know, when you don't have a physical book in your hands, I find it's very hard to sort of gauge. Well, you know, this is how much of the book I've got left, and this is how far through I am. So when yeah. I was I was reading that bit, I thought, okay, this is the final scene of the book. Great, like we're gonna, no. she, you know, they're gonna they're gonna fade to black as she's explaining everything, and you know, I'll, I'll read through the epilogue. Uh, and then we'll start up the next book in the series uh, where now she's got all this knowledge and now we're kicking off with that character development and we're sort of keeping that ramp up across the series. And then the book kept going and it kept, yes. going, and it kept going for a long time. <laughs> and I, oh, time. yeah. Oh, and then they wrapped up every single dangling plot thread that they brought up in this book. And, you know, it was... The scenes were were fine. It just felt like the scenes were fine. It just felt like they were too long. Yeah, and it just felt like we'd we'd already crested, I guess, the climax of the narrative, and then we were yeah, and we got left for the second book. Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm sure the author has a plan. Um, Of course, this I thought this book was really tightly woven around themes. So whatever the next theme that they're launching into, I guess, will probably tightly weave around that. But it was an interesting approach to to tie up absolutely everything and just to have those sort of those, yeah, five extra chapters um, mm-hmm. just seemed like a, oh, we're still here. Okay. Yeah, oh, I was tapping cool. the screen at some point and it's like three hours to go. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Like, yeah, it was, if I speed like, that up to five, I can get it done book. in an hour. Are <laughs> <laughs> you going to read the second book, do you voices. think? Yes, I think I will when it comes out, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think I will too. I was invested really keen, enough like in Like you said, book. to see where it goes. Yeah, and it's sort of like a, like a gymnast who performs a really great routine and then stumbles a little bit on the landing. Like, yeah. you know, it might lower a judge's score, but it doesn't stop me from really appreciating everything that of the skill that went into everything else. I think it was a it was a good well, read, um, powerful message. Christopher, Christopher Dean could throw Jane Torval across the ice rink, and we'd still watch the Bolero, wouldn't we? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, for me, it was it was a, it was an interesting take on the fantasy genre. It was an interesting perspective, and it was really engaging in that. And I sort of the more that I sort of think about some of the discussions that the girls had with each other. I think they're really good. Um, I say I say discussions. 
um, really good talking points to make young girls think about how they relate to other girls around them. So, you know, the example you were using earlier about is this person a friend, are they an enemy, you know, if more girls can sort of sit there and, and sort of think things through and go where do I stand with these people, perhaps we should just have a conversation and clear it up, I think they're important skills for young girls to have and hopefully that sort of comes through as a learning exercise as well as part of reading. Yeah, there, there was a lot of female support for each other. Yeah, there was, which was really yeah. good. And it was really interesting too. Like at the start, it when they all got together at the at the training camp, it did seem like there was going to be the like the one or two clicky girls that go off and form the like the antagonist click. Um, and it was really interesting to see this. Everybody, all the other girls, just got together and just basically just shut that down and said, "Just, just don't do this nonsense. Just let's all just." Yeah. Please let's all just be on the same page here. Come on. And which was and just so did, fresh. Was it was really great. nice. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. So in the end, I guess how did you land on the book overall then, uh, Belinda? You liked it enough to say you'll pick up the second. Um Yeah, I think I'd probably sit somewhere between three and a half and four stars, which I'm told is quite a good rating for books. Um Yeah. I I would pick it up and I you know, I was thinking maybe I should read this again before I hit the second book, just to refresh my memory and then, you know, see if it reads any differently. Yeah, it'd be interesting to read the first part of the book knowing the last third of the book, uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, certainly, even like those, even those are really, really early scenes back in Dacre's village. Um, yeah. Be interesting on the reread, that's for sure. Um, yep. Yeah, I'm sort of a similar boat. I think I pushed mine up a, a little higher on mine, probably four to four point five. Um, yeah, cool. You know, dock it down a little bit, uh, as I said, for the judges' uh, judge scorecards go down a little bit for the uh, for the stumble <laughs> on the land. But overall, I thought it was really fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah. Not a perspective that I often read in fantasy books. Uh, not that they're the female protagonist angle, but a female power fantasy where yes i was gonna just... say there's plenty like i think i probably stumbled a bit earlier but there's probably there's a lot of female protagonists but as you said it's not the power fantasy that we get so often which is really good yeah and i think i i really really appreciated that what set daker apart as a protagonist wasn't like her power in her power set uh it wasn't empathy or it wasn't that she was uh her power was tied to her emotion or something which is a lot of female fantasy female mm. protagonists uh her yeah. power was her voice and i thought that that yeah. was really really well constructed around the theme of the book um and just you know she had the ability and the chance on the page just to to wreck shit when she needed to, and that was really cool. Yeah. No, it was good. I'm looking forward to the next one. Well, if you've read the book as well out there in uh, listener land, drop us a line at the s3pod at gmail.com. Um, let us know what you thought about it and whether you thought it was, you know, good or bad, basically. Uh, I've seen a lot of the commentary about the book really focused on I guess the theme, but also just the brutality of things and directing that at a young audience. 
as people saying that it was a bit much or that it was over the top or that, you know, that the themes were too in your face. Uh, so it was, it's interesting to hear how, I guess, your perspective on it went as well. Cause you know, I think I've been pretty clear about mine where I think it lands on those, but. It's interesting because I was staying with a friend recently and she had a copy on her coffee table. And I said to her, have you read it? Have you read it yet? And she said, I tried to, but it didn't engage me so much. But that was the only, I don't like to read commentary before I read books because if I see something that sort of sticks out and is annoying, then it'll just, I'll notice it in the book and then it will drive me insane. So I just, I try not to read reviews of books before I read them. Yeah, I definitely went around these after I'd read the book as well. <laughs> but if you've, as I say, listeners, if you've read it as and have a, a strong opinion on it or even a lukewarm opinion, we'd love to hear it. So do shoot us through. We have the Facebook page as well, and there's any the regular ways to contact us uh, through there. And if someone wants to contact you directly or get your books, Belinda, where can they find them and do that? Um, probably in Jeff Bezos land, amazon.com. Just type in Belinda Misson. I'm sure they'll pop up. Yes. And you can find mine over on Amazon as well, uh, or find me through terrytalksfiction.com as the hub for sort of everything. Yeah. And he'll sign it and put a smiley face in there for you. (laughs) And what are we looking at next time, Belinda? The next one's one of your picks. The next one we are looking at the latest formula to love, which... I think we both agree was an interesting choice but we'll get into that next time in about three yes. minutes time three minutes for us a uh, little longer for our for our lovely listeners but yes i'm looking very much forward to the discussion of this book as well yeah so thank you all and we'll catch you next time thanks friends I did a book report once on an R.L. Stein book and the teacher just, she marked me down. She's like, I'm not passing you on that because you should be reading better books. Oh, boom. I'm like, oh, I'm just, it's a book. Uh, and I'm reading. Gate, gatekeeping young reading is not a good, not a good look. No. Nah.